can now hit this recording. Hit the From Dublin to Cleveland. From Dublin to Cleveland production. Hello and welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I am Logan Howard. I am joined by the one and only Brendan Thomas Merritt. How's it going, Brendan? How are you today? I'm great. Always great. And friends, today we've got special sound effects. Logan has like a super cool new button. So if we get carried away and you're thinking, what is this witchcraft? Boys like their toys. Let us have our fun. We'll get our systems with our normal next week. <laughs> I'll try not to press them too much, even though it it is kind of fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I also may have incorrectly pressed when to put the From Dublin to Cleveland intro music, so if you only got the end of it, sorry. <laughs> I can play it again for you if you want. <laughs> we'll do it at the very end. That's <laughs> alright, alright. So, uh, what we're doing today is we're going to do mispronouncing Bible names incorrectly. We'll also do our NFL quizzes, uh, so I'm going to give pictures of NFL teams to Brendan, and Brendan's going to have to guess where they're from and who they are. Um, one will be an easy one for him, as it will say the name on the logo, but uh, everything else, he'll have to figure it out himself. Um, and lastly, we will go... What was that? God, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and lastly, we will open God's Word and uh, go to Second Corinthians chapter ten. So while we uh, let's, I guess, get into it. But before we do, I do need to mention if you would like to support us, you can support us by uh, sending us emails from Dublin to Cleveland gmail.com, watching uh, these episodes, uh, subscribing to these episodes. We've just switched over to a new service on Zencaster. We've been using Zencaster this whole time, but we are now using it for everything. So if there's an issue with it being posted, it's probably because I haven't figured it out yet. That's probably what it is. So if you're not hearing this episode, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you have gotten this episode, but... seconds <laughs> of... White noise. <laughs> you know, yeah, who knows? We'll see how it goes. It might be the greatest thing ever. It might make our life more difficult. We'll see how it goes. Um, so we have a new, new thing. We, we might have commercials on here down the road, so don't get all upset about that. But if you do, send all of your hate mail to Brendan. <laughs> He's all about the money. give you the correct pronunciation of the name, and then I will give you the incorrect pronunciation or a terrible pronunciation. Correct. I'm giving the correct pronunciation. I am giving the correct pronunciation. All right. Well, take it away. Go ahead. Tell, tell us how this works. Characterizations properly. Don't try. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, piggyback for a moment what Logan said to uh love how y'all support us so often, tuning on a weekly basis. Uh, we got um, the updated figures of how many of you have been listening and downloading uh, the podcast recently, and we were blown away. Um, not in a way that, you know, was self-congratulatory, but in a way that was just very, very appreciative and grateful for you giving us half an hour or so every week to speak into your day 
and uh, to encourage you. So we do appreciate you all very, very much. So yeah, for this game, I am going to give the <laughs> no air quotations, correct, um, anglicized names of Bible heroes, villains, villainesses, books, um, and Logan is going <laughs> to try to pronounce them by pronouncing every syllable and every vowel as one might typically render them. So uh, that's just the butcher the Bible in a way the Lord never intended for it to be. <laughs> All right, Broski. Bartholomew, go. Bartholomew. Absolutely two syllables in child. It's a she him. <laughs> ah, 
Okay, here I've got a very impassioned, and I'd say actually angry horse. Um, if I may assume his gender. <laughs> I don't think you can call an animal's thing a gender. <laughs> what an animal is is not gender. By the thing, he means a head, friends. An animal head. <laughs> I'm going to say it's male. It looks like a stallion. Okay, it's white. He has an orange eye. A very scary looking one. And an orange mane. White stallions. Is it white or is it off white? No, the hint of gray. It says white. White it's stallions. White, yeah. Um, there almost looks to be. Because you, you can kind of see, like, you know, his, the muscles in his face and his cheek. It almost looks like a scythe. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of, you know, communist or socialist overtone there. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you see that in his cheekbones? Yeah. The liberal state. They are wild ones for vegetarianism and veganism. Um, and sports preps. White stallions. I'm going to say the New York stallions. New York stallions. Could be uh, California. The sunshine, sunshine state. The hair, the mane could be some rays. California stallions. New York stallions. Um, the colors, other than the orange, the colors are pretty muted, pretty dark. Navies. Yeah. New York is cold. New York Stallions. New York Stallions. All right. This team is called the Denver Broncos. Nice. <laughs> so the... Denver is in New York, yeah? Denver is in Colorado. They are the first... They were the first state to legalize marijuana, so the... Uh, Comment about them being very liberal communists, that was on point. Um, just a little more middle of, or west of New York, much west of New York, and a little east of California. So, Last year, listen, don't all these socialists say that they want everything homogenized and everyone to be like, you know, one and the same, there's no difference. So therefore, could I find a technicality? And say that the New York Stallions are in fact the Denver Broncos because that way they're equal and their identity, which you know totally and utterly divides them, is erased and they're all one and the same. On a technicality, could I actually be told that this is correct? If that helps you sleep at night, sure. No offense, any liberals watching this. Glory Jesus loves you every single one of you. Just take for the crack. Don't worry, everyone gets their turn on the show. When I first started, I couldn't let an episode go by without insulting the Calvinists. Pentecostals, watch out for next episode. He's <laughs> coming for you all. <laughs> hey, you have a little bit of the Catholics. The episode I was, and I like that movie. All right, take number three. Uh, this one. This is number three in your books, number one in your heart. <laughs> number one in my heart is Lord Jesus. I'm pretty sure Jesus, two eyes. He doesn't have swords sticking out of his temples. Um, 
so, right. Um, I see a shield. The word Raiders is in there. Mm. Um, the backdrop is black. Um, he almost looks paratic. He's got, you know, one eye. Like, you know, I might be with, you know, crossbones behind some leather swords where they're in a crossbones shape. Okay. Um, okay. The pirate raiders, the black raiders. Oh, that wouldn't go down well in 2023. Um, the one-eyed raiders. The raiders from the sea. So that was my favorite. What would be my favorite state? You'll probably assume it's Ohio just because where you're from. Ohio raiders. The black raiders. The black raiders from Ohio. Ohio's black raiders. Ohio's Black Raiders. No, no, no. This is the Las Vegas Raiders. Tell me one thing that exudes slot machines and whoring about. Nothing about that looks like Las Vegas. <laughs> well, see, that's the, the nutso thing about them. They used to be from Oakland, California. Then they moved to Las Vegas, but never changed their name to fit being in Las Vegas. So... That's their fault. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and All right. Oakland have a particular penchant for being rated or something? Um. Or did they just pick this image or random? I think it might have just been a. They thought it would be a cool team name. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It's all right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh. All right. Uh. Number four then. Okay. I'm on this time to say. The Ukrainians. Um, <laughs> blue in the background. It's got. Um, not, not designed to be are the rainbow people ish about it, but it is a rainbow shaped lightning bolt. I never knew they came in that shape. Um, ugh, the yellow rainbows. The. I don't know, is there like literally like a football team called the LGBTQ babies? That's why Z plus 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 people. <laughs> and the other people, the lightning people, boats people, the blue boats, yellow boats. The boats. More boats. Hmm. Baltimore bolts, you say? People from Baltimore do love their liberation. Okay. Uh, they are the Los Angeles Chargers. I was wondering if we held for lightning, Los Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers charging into victory. There you go. Yep. There you go. So Chargers is the last team. So that has been NFL Logos Part Three. Uh, join us for Part Four sometime in the future. Um, <laughs> I don't get better at these as the went on, but I think every time we do it, I get fewer and fewer corrects. <laughs> hey, it's all right. You're you're. It it's hard to do when you don't know where you're coming from and what's going on. Don't patronize me. I'm totally gonna patronize you. You patronized me the whole time we did those goofy things, so I'm gonna patronize you. going to get into our Bible session, so turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, not 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 
verses 3 through 6. Uh, these verses say, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk, or we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, Brendan, I'll let you go first. What do you take from the section? What uh, hits you or um, encourages you from what we just read? Sure. Okay, guys, Ephesians 6 tells us what our armor is. We have the helmets of salvation. Put that on every day, friends. It's when you remind yourself you are saved. You are a child of God. No matter what someone tries to bring up from your past, the little brat you were, that thing you said, that time you used a cuss word, and everyone heard you over the intercom, whatever. You are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, it is no longer you who live, it is Christ who lives within you. You are the righteousness of God through the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit abides within you, you are his temple. That is what is true. You're also told to put on your breastplate of righteousness. What does that do? Well, your righteousness guards your heart. <laughs> One, when you sin, you wound yourself. If you disagree, why don't you read the psalm that David said after he slept with Bathsheba? You know, he talks about how, you know, he felt like, you know, he was oozing um, pus and all the likes and his bones were breaking and he was being crushed and all this jazz. That's called having a wounded soul. So when you put forward righteousness, you're walking in faith. On one hand, you're protecting your soul. But on the other hand, when you know you are in Jesus, that is such an incredible, powerful insulation from the fiery darts of the enemy. Um, we're also told to put on the shoes for the readiness of the spreading of the gospel of peace. No matter what environment you go into, you have the ability to be an ambassador and a successful one for Christ Jesus. You're told to put on the shield of faith. So no matter what you go into, what circumstance, what environment, you always there, you do it with faith. You do it trusting in the Lord. You do it with your conviction, with your belief. Because anything you don't do in faith is sin. What you're doing in faith, you step out in faith. No matter what you see, what you hear, what you feel, Faith can compensate for. And we're also told to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In English, sword and word are very similar, and I like to think there's a reason for that. This word is our weapon against everything that we face. Whether it's, at the time of recording this, um, certain individuals who want to lock up a righteous man of God, uh, in the political realm, whether it's a problem you're having at work, whether the enemy is sowing seeds of dissension or addiction or suicide or self-harming into your family, whatever it is, the word is the answer. It's how we conduct our warfare against the patterns of this world and the tactics of the enemy of the soul to destroy us. So as we read this, we don't wage war the way the world does. The weapons we fight with 
the armor, especially the word. I am. Where was it going with that? Yeah, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this word. On the contrary, they have divine power, God given power, to demolish strongholds. That can be a stronghold in someone's mind, could be a stronghold in the body, could be a stronghold in the atmosphere. A stronghold could be like, you know, a demonic fortress in the sky. Whatever it is, the word of God reigns supreme over everything. And at some point, every knee, including those in the spiritual realm, must bow to the word. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Guys, the world we're living in right now is a world that feels like it's on the cusp to falling to the one world order. And I believe a big part of that is due to Christians, until now, spiritual and biblical illiteracy. Not having a bold notion what the word said, and therefore they couldn't put it into practice or apply it. But when you get rooted and grounded in the word, and you actually have the bravery, and it does take courage, to speak it. It doesn't matter how many tears other people are crying, how many people are on their sides, how many media stations are under their thumb, how many institutions they've got wrapped around their finger and on their payroll. When you are rooted and grounded in the words, every false doctrine, every false teaching, every lie comes second to the word by a very wide margin. And all the answers to deal with every problem you ever face are in this book. And then my, my probably my favorite one in here actually is we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It doesn't matter what room I'm in or who I hear say this, that, and the other, any lie, any deception, if it is not in agreement and accordance with the word of God, I literally say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no power here in the name of Jesus. I render you a defeated foe. I render you a villain. I call you out. I expose you. I call you obsolete. You have no power. You will not achieve the purpose for which you were sent. You will not take root in the souls of those around me. You will not cause them confusion. You will not cause them harm. You will not cause them difficulty. You will not achieve the plans of the enemy to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you can do that, friends, up to like a hundred times a day, maybe even more. But it's your way of using the authority you have in Jesus over literally everything. And that includes words. The words of the wicked. You know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Words aren't neutral. They don't do nothing. But the word, with a capital W, the Bible, it gives you the power and the authority to render every false word captive and obsolete. When I first began using the authority in Christ, I would literally picture putting handcuffs <laughs> on these words flying around the door missiles and saying, no, not today. You don't harm anyone here. You don't dictate people's decisions here. You don't change the atmosphere. That's our job. We've got Holy Spirit within us. Wherever we go, 
the fruits of Holy Spirit has the ability, if we permit him, to change that environment, to change the atmosphere, and to bring things and hearts into alignment with the will of the Most High God, Jesus Christ. So get brave with your authority and listen. If you haven't done this before, it might seem a bit strange when you start. You might be like me and start and find you can never stop. <laughs> and that's okay. But don't give evil a foothold. It becomes a stronghold before you know it. There are few things on earth with appetites that cannot be quenched. Evil is one of them. Give it that space and it will do its best not to stop, but just to spread. But you do have the power and the authority in the Lord our God, who has called you, anointed you, appointed you, called you his own, but a 100% layer of Holy Spirit within you. And you have the power to say no to the plans of the enemy, whether it's from word curses people speak over themselves. Asha, wouldn't you be sick to death of this drama? I'm like, no. <laughs> I would not be sick to death. I'll not be sick, nor dead, and neither will you in Jesus' name. Could be people speaking depression over themselves. Oh, I woke up this morning, I saw the rain, oh, I was so depressed. You weren't depressed. You're upset. Let's not conflate things here, friend. Or it could be people dropping F-bombs. <laughs> you know what? Creating openings for the darkness to come on in. I say, nope. Not a chance, I don't give the darkness space here. Um, it could be false religion, false doctrine people are opening themselves up to. And on one hand, I pray first, I'm like, no God, destroy those dark seeds. And then you inject the seed of life by speaking into it, counteracting the deception with the truth. Um, because with the word of God, it achieves what it set out to do, but you are the sower. You've got a big bag of seeds, that's your spiritual knowledge, revelation, wisdom, and when you share it, that's your way of, of sowing good seed, and the oldest rule in the natural realm, friends, established all the way back in creation week, is sowing and reaping. If you sow seeds, you will reap a harvest. So I just want to pray over every single one of you right now. And the sound of my voice, that you will grow in the knowledge and the wisdom and the power and the authority you have in Jesus Christ over every wicked, elemental, elementary, theology, doctrine, uh, curse that the enemy turns out to steal, kill, and destroy. That you will be brave, very courageous, men and women of conviction and integrity, never backing down, and that you will not tolerate evil in your world, in your space, in your time. That you will cancel it at the root. In the name of Jesus, we do all these things in his name, not our own. And that not only will you be binding wicked seeds, but also loosing the goodness and the grace and the Jesus, the revelation and the spirit of Jesus over all those areas, over all those people in your world. 
and that as you sow those seeds, you will reap a harvest in due course. So guys, I hope that this has blessed you. Um, by all means, don't hesitate to reach out to us at from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com with any prayer requests, comments, thoughts, queries, observations. If you'd like to be on the show yourselves and uh, we have a very special guest returning uh, in our next episode, All Going Well, a friend from an episode from yesteryear, actually. So get excited for that. If you'd like to be on the show, do let us know. We'd love to meet more of you and uh, facilitate the opportunity to get to know you better. Have a super special, awesome, wonderful week, friends. May praise always and ever be found on your lips. Eat ice cream and celebrate. The best days are ahead. You don't want to mess with God's got plans. Cheerio. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Brendan, for those kind words. And I will uh, add my two cents on this. So, um... It's very true uh, how we don't war the same way other people would war. Um, if you think about how the flesh wars, it's very aggressive, attacking with words, trying to be smarter, trying to be better than the other people. And while I think there's times that you need to you know, use that stuff, there are times that you just need to trust in God that he will take care of you and walk through it. Um, because his weapons will fight and take down things much mightier than we can, that we can never take down. Um, and uh, God is uh, mighty in pulling those those down. He's the one who does the work. We don't do it. He does it for us. Um, I think it's interesting that verse 6 kind of ends with, you know, that God is ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled, which is a very interesting thought process because... Um, it's like dependent on us obeying. <laughs> um, and so like, that's kind of the message for those of us who have accepted Christ is we need to obey. We need to do what we're supposed to be doing. We need to be following him the way we're supposed to be following, living the way we're supposed to be living. That's the encouragement here because he's going to punish the disobedience that's in the world, the disobedience where, you know, even our disobedience does get, end up getting punished and maybe not in the way that, um, you know, those who are going to hell are, but in a way that, you know, we just lose all those gold that we could have had as, as crowns in heaven, that, um, our deeds are tested by fire. Um, and so as we just think about this, we can cast down arguments and high things that exalt itself against God with God, with his word, with his scripture, with the things that come from him, the way that he, that he lived his life, the way he showed his life, we can cast down things that um, without him, we could never do. Um, so as we look to the rest of this week, the rest of um, the day, hopefully we'll be ready for the spiritual war, as Brandon talked about in his section about you know putting on our spiritual armor, being ready for fighting, our salvation, our breastplates, our shields, um, the cool thing about a shield is all of our shields are supposed to work together like Romans. They would all fit together and march forward. Um, and they'd have shields on top and shields on the side. And you would make sure that there was impenetrable. And so that's what we need to do is our shields of faith where we believe in. We need to encourage and bolster those around us so that we are not um, <laughs> running around, as my mom likes to say, a bunch of people with their helmets on and nothing else. They're just naked people running around. 
<laughs> no wonder the devil takes them out so quickly. Um, we, need to, <laughs> we need to have our spiritual armor on at all times because we're always in a war. You know, even as uh, we're doing this podcast, we had a bunch of tragic things happen. And I'm sitting here like losing my mind. Um, God is still faithful and just to uh, help us work through those things. Um, and we're not to lose faith or trust or get upset or go off the deep end, even though mentally that's where my brain is at. Um, we can trust that, that he will take care of us and get us through these these things are going on. So, um, hopefully I'll be able to edit this all together and make it make sense. Uh, and I won't post it if not. So <laughs> might be the last episode, <laughs> the episode that never won. The belt of truth. Yes. The belt of truth is true. We do need truth. We do need truth every day. So all right. Well, uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Brendan. He'll close out the rest of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, love you all, guys. So have a good one. Bye.